Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Battle Lines. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. On Warren Radio Battle Lines broadcast, we feature an in-depth biblical study each week. All correspondence and inquiries of broadcast of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Thursday, the 27th day of February, 2020, and the scripture reading for this week is Exodus chapter 25, verses 1 through chapter 27, verse 19. 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, verse 13. And the New Testament portion is Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 10. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on on Twitter at hashtag Warren Radio and hashtag WatchmanIS216. On LinkedIn, find us by hashtag Watchman. And join us on USA.life and also on MeWe. Look for hashtag Warren Radio. You can also listen to Warren Radio on Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google, Postca- Google Podcasts, Anchor, Deezer, and Podchaser. You can also go to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com to listen to the shows. Please be ta- oh, excuse me. Please be sure to take time to read the articles by the Watchmen. They're inspired. They're pertinent for this day and age we're living in. And this week we feature. Trusting God in Tribulation Trepidation. There may come a time when trusting God in tribulation will find you with trepidation. When trouble and turmoil hits a nation, it causes fear and agitation. Here you may find yourself failing in the confidence that the Lord will make a way for you and your family. Losing America, Divide and Conquer. Losing America, the warning is clear. If a people, any people, spend time fighting and devouring one another, then the nation will fall. If America were smart, things would change. Wisdom would be accepted. And wisdom is known of her children. And also, living hope and the apocalypse. As Christians, we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. However, sin and iniquity abounds today, and we are warned that many, and we are warned that the love of many will wax cold. You can read those articles by going to warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com and be sure to pass them along to your friends and relatives. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warn Radio. 
on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Tonight. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. Good to be here on a Thursday. Well, we are indeed here on a Thursday. We're in Isaiah part 38. <clears throat> and I'm going to get to it right now. So. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. All righty. Now, we left off the last time. Uh, we were talking about uh, some scriptures from <clears throat> various other examples, like Mystery of Babylon, Revelation 18, Nineveh, uh, Zephaniah. Um, and, of course, we were in Isaiah 22 talking about the Valley of Vision. And... Uh, now we're going to be moving on in this particular one. And of course, this this is dealing with the day of trouble, a day of judgment. And, uh, you know, you think we have trouble. And, you know, there's a lot of things happening. I mean, the coronavirus have got the uh, the financial markets in, in an uproar. So they're falling. It fell again today. The American both exchanges are. I didn't pay a lot of attention, except that uh, the Democrats, of course, they're waiting for disaster so they can overthrow Trump. And it's uh, just one of those things in America. There's no civility. There's no giving anybody a break. There's just, you know, we hate and uh, that kind of an attitude is going to overthrow America. Matter of fact, it's already overthrowing America. And uh, if you look around the world, and we discuss this a lot, uh, you see a lot of troubles around the world, a lot of troubles. And even what Tower was talking about earlier, tribulation uh, trepidation. I mean, these articles, a lot of them that I write, you know, they come out you know, and and they're describing <clears throat> what a lot of people are going through. And uh, as you go through these kind of things, you know, we remember in Israel at the time uh, what everything was happening there. Now, Isaiah is prophesying this stuff. We talked last time the difference between uh, the time span of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Jeremiah was right there. You know, he was living it. He was giving the word of God and they were rejecting it. He had a lot of a lot of people opposing him. He had people on his side too, but you know, it was never easy for any of these prophets. They were given a job to do and and uh, that's tough. Um in Isaiah twenty two three, all thy rulers are fled together, they are bound by the archers, all that are found in thee are bound together, which have fled from far. Um <laughs> and you know, it's interesting because uh when you read Jeremiah, you know very well that Jeremiah told the king not to flee. 
if they would stay in the city, um, you know, and not flee, even when it fell, it wouldn't be much of a trouble. But the rulers fled, and they wound up being held by the archers. Uh, they're bound, and uh, so they they try to leave. This is the rank and file of of the executive leadership, you know, rulers, judges, and anybody else. This would be like the Democrats and Republicans and the governors and everybody else just decided to leave America should we would be invaded you know, God forbid, but uh, I can guarantee you that uh, when you begin to see things like that happen, uh, you being uh, a ruler or a judge or something like that, you're going to be the first one on the firing line and thrown in jail most of the time. Uh, So most of them, you know, at least here, you know, when Isaiah was talking, they fled and they wound up getting you know, stopped by the archers, which, you know, all they had to do is point an arrow at them and say, you know, you're going to be dead. Now get over there and sit down and shut up. And so uh, this is basically, then we get into Isaiah 22, 4. It says, therefore, said I, look away from me, I'll weep bitterly and labor not to comfort me because of the spoiling of the daughter of my people. And you know the thing here when when we look at stuff like this and and we think about this um imagine you living in America or whatever nation you're in and having the same kind of judgment hit or or try to think about the fact that if you were a prophet and you were literally seeing this like in 3D color it's a full vision it's laying out before you and even in these 3D visions, you can actually walk into them. I mean, this is what uh, literally what uh, um, John did out in Revelation. Uh, so, you know, you're going to be affected. All your senses, everything, everything is just like right there. And, and of course, Isaiah sees this and he says, I will weep bitterly. Um why would he say that? Well, it's very simple. He doesn't want to see the destruction of his people. He doesn't want to see the destruction of Judah. He doesn't want to see the destruction of all of Israel. Although by this time, the house of Israel, the northern tribes, uh, tribes have already gone into captivity. Uh, actually scattered is more like it. They became the lost tribes. But uh, within aspect here, you know, you, you don't want this to happen. It's just like any pastor that's preaching or any, uh, I call them so-called prophets and apostles. I, I don't have any any faith today in anybody's a true Jewish prophet like, they, like we see here of Isaiah. Now, there are people that have the gift of prophecy uh, because of uh, the gifts of the Spirit, but as far as having this anointing as a Jewish uh, prophet, like in in the fact of uh, Elijah, for instance, or even Isaiah, uh, Elijah had more of an active ministry of miracles and signs. Isaiah had more of a of a particular um, ministry to warn the people and tell them which is what Jeremiah had. But although Jeremiah didn't have a lot of the signs and wonders, he did pronounce judgment 
in one particular case, a prophet, which was a false prophet, uh, opposed Jeremiah, and Jeremiah left then as soon as he did that and stopped talking, and the Lord said, go back and tell him that this day he was going to die, a lion was going to kill him, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, the lion didn't need him. The, the people saw the guy dead, the prophet dead, and the lion sta- uh, sitting right beside him, which means the lion killed him, not because he was hungry, killed him because he had been directed to by the Lord God. Uh, so when we're talking about these things, these are real. And it's it just like we want, you know, as a people, America to repent. Now, you see, uh, there is a, uh, right now, made the news, CBN talking about it, a big revival down in Tennessee amongst all the Baptist churches and a number of others who joined them. Now, you see, the problem we have with revivals in America, the problem we have with even people who get up on a stage and preach or teach or something like that, is the problem that nothing changes in America as far as uh, holiness, we still are in the late term of portion, uh, portion where we kill babies directly out of the womb. We are still in the fact of uh, accepting all forms of abomination and thinking it's all right. Uh, so there's a lot of sins in this nation, not to mention lying, cheating, stealing, uh, you know, and uh, the old thing, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you is way out the window. And uh, we have no civility, no love, no care. We are totally divided. Uh, We are a nation that uh, is not going to stand if we don't straighten up, but we don't want to straighten up. And we're already talking about uh, voting for people who would bring in socialism, which would put this America on the level of Venezuela and others. And right now, Venezuela is so bad right now that... uh, People are literally eating out of the garbage cans. Uh, the 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 particular uh, establishment there in Venezuela are putting um, different expiration stickers on all the cans of vegetables. Which, if you pull them off, which I've I uh, saw some news coming out of Venezuela. That's what they were doing, and they were old dated, but they put the new uh, expiration dates on them in order to get the people to eat them. So these are the things that you have to think about. You know, when Isaiah says, look away from me, I'll weep bitterly, he had been warning. Uh, Jeremiah warned for a long time, and finally he got to the point with so much opposition, he he said, I I don't want to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it. And God had to challenge him on it. And, uh, he eventually started preach, uh, teaching or uh, warning again because he said that the fire within me, I could not stop. I had to speak. And so, you know, these prophets are real. You know, they're they're human, uh, as, of course, they would be. But they have human emotions. They have an anointing from God that is uh, a prophet's anointing. But that doesn't mean they don't have feelings. They don't want to see judgment. And when they see it like Isaiah is doing, uh, the prophet becomes inconsolable. He says, don't try to comfort me. He's inconsolable because of the spoiling of the daughter of my people, meaning Judah. You know, the long time. This is talking about Judah, who 
you know, was the place where the nations were supposed to go to find the Lord God. This is the place where you'd have the prophets of Israel. And these prophets said the ones that were there were totally fallen away from Jehovah. And, uh, you know, the priests were the same way. All of them were corrupt from the from even the people on the street all the way up to the king and the princes and uh, everything else. And he didn't want that. He wanted people to repent. You know, Habakkuk talks about what it was like also when when he was uh, speaking. And he said, Lord God, why do you cause me to see these things? And that's when the Lord said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send in a people who's mean and nasty. I'm paraphrasing, of course, just reading Habakkuk 1. Uh, and uh, they're going to come in and they're going to rape and pillage and destroy everything. That, that that was the solution. I mean, okay, America, you know, we we want to go ahead on our own way. We want to do our own thing. We don't want to to make America great. We want to become, you know, a social state. We want to be able to say that all these abominable ways that we've embraced that America, uh, led by a lot of liberal states, have said, well, let's go ahead and do. So we don't have any problem killing young babies out of the womb. We don't have any problems with corrupting our kids if, you know, five and six years of age and teaching them that there's more than just a male and female sex. When a little boy baby gets born and a little girl baby, we've got people who say, well, they're not, you know, they're not that sex. They have a right to be another sex. And, of course, there's deception. And within this, there are strong uh, demonic spirits that are possessing these kids in order to get it done. Of course, we don't believe in that, but there's a spirit of uncleanness. It's godlessness. Now, see, we don't want to see judgment on America, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you, folks, as sure as I'm sitting here, that judgment is coming. I'm going to tell you that it's only going to go so far. And then one day we're going to be watching the judgment and it's going to be just like the uh, prophet Isaiah. We're going to be inconsolable because of what we're seeing. Now, you know, I may not see it in my lifetime. I've expected to see it a long time ago. My wife and I have lived this for for a long time and i mean a long time this end time ministry that we're doing is only in a little over two decades but we've known of what was coming clear back since the middle 70s when it was revealed to me and i told uh, my wife about it so uh don't try to you know foo-foo around with me because uh I, I know better. I know what's coming. And I'm telling you this, that uh, anytime you take the prophets lightly, you are a fool. Anytime you don't listen to the word of God, anytime you fail to repent, anytime you think that God's not big enough to bring your nation down, you are stupid. You are dumb as a fence post, which is pretty dumb. I mean, this is this is getting to the point where we are dealing with people that are just absolutely fools in the way that they act. And the Bible speaks a lot about fools. And woe unto this nation if it ever gets to the point where it is a fool, total fool. For a fool is set in his heart, there is no God. And when you begin to live as though there is no God, you don't care what kind of sins you embellish. You don't care what you're teaching the innocent. You don't care how much you corrupt them because you're just thinking of your own lust. And so Isaiah here and the other prophets... They were inconsolable when they would give these messages. 
And he tells you why in the following verse. He says, for it is a day of trouble, confusion, destruction, vexation. Now, when you put confusion, which is confusing, which is what do I do? Because when the destruction comes, when the vexation, that is your inner turmoil because you're confused. You don't know what to do. Where do I go? Do I go to the north? No, they're up there. Do I go down to the south? No, there's no way to get out down there. Where do I go? If you're in America, you go north to Canada, you go south to Mexico. If you go down through Mexico and into South America, chances are you're going to get robbed, pillaged, shot, or kept captive, or just plain murdered. You go up north to Canada, Canada will only be able to take care of so much. And all you have is the east and west coast. And unless you get in a boat and get your butt across there, where are you going to wind up? You go across the one way, you're going to wind up in Europe. You go across the other way, you're going to wind up uh, maybe in Japan if you're lucky, probably China. Who knows? You may not even make it. So when we talk about the Lord sending judgment, there's no escape, folks. Don't think that this is just like, well, I'm just going to get out of here. A lot of the a lot of the Christian church today, you know, believe that they're going to be raptured out and there's no problem. Well, good luck with that one. I mean it. I'm all ready to get raptured out, but I'm telling you that that is a false doctrine in itself. It doesn't mean that the Lord isn't coming, but to say that you're going to get raptured out, especially after living in America, living soft, living godless lives, Oh, give me a break. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen the way you think. The Lord is coming, and you, you know, and he will take care of the people. But make no mistake about it. You get into Revelation, you start digging down to what it says about what is happening. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. That's the way they overcame in Revelation. You get into Revelation, you get into the trouble, you get into the time of the beast. That's how you overcame and make no mistake about it, there's no mention of a rapture there. Not one. And there's no, no mention anywhere of a seven-year tribulation. Not once, except when they misinterpret Daniel and talk about the 70th week of Daniel, which is very, very popular. But I challenge you, I challenge you right now, you can find it and you can find people who can teach it. You can find even people that are PhDs that taught that and believe that. But these PhDs were taught by other men who are convinced of this by other men who taught them. This is the way it's been handed down for generations. And America has swallowed it because we're soft. We're unclean. And we think we're just fine and dandy, but we're not. And I'm telling you this not to be mean. I'm telling you this because there's a day of trouble coming. And if you say you're okay, then you better make sure you're okay. You better make sure you're there where you need to be. And he says, not only of trouble, which is confusion, destruction, vexation. In other words, your stomach is in turmoil. You have no idea where to go and destruction is all around. Where do you go? Well, if you ever seen it, animal caught in the headlights of a car, what do they do? Stop. That's it. And then they get hit and run over. You know how hunters hunt them. They do the same thing. They spotlight them and they stop. 
I got news for you. When you're in a day of trouble and you are not ready and this thing hits your nation, you don't know where to go. You're like a deer in the headlights and you're easy prey and you will be trodden down. You tread, uh, it says treading down underfoot of perplexity. They don't know what to do. Now, it does say by whom? By the Lord. This is Adonai, the proper name of God. It says by the Lord God of hosts. Now, this is important. You have three names there. Lord, meaning Adonai, which is the proper name of God. Then it has God, meaning Jehovah, the covenant name of God. And then it has the Lord of hosts. This Lord of hosts means that he is the Lord God. He is Adonai. He is the one that told Moses, I am that I am. And he's the one that is making covenant with his people here in Israel, especially in the new covenant is through Christ and the blood of the covenant. Overall agencies, this is the Lord God of hosts, and he is judging everything. He is holding every agency of man accountable. Every decision, every thought, every deed is being considered. And when this judgment comes, you don't want to be there. And when you get into Revelation and you get into the fact of the fall of uh, Mystery Babylon, he addresses the fact, come out of her, my people, because he says, don't be caught up in her sins and receive of her plagues. Get out of it. And that does mean to get out of it. Now, you see, when we look back in the biblical ex. Uh, aspect of this and we see for instance Lot in Sodom him and his family had to be delivered out of there by the angels before judgment could begin when we look at uh, Noah He escaped by being in a boat with the animals where the Lord God locked him in, but he still went through the flood, but he was safe. The children of Israel during the plagues, they were in Goshen. And some of the plagues indeed hit him, but there was a time that the plagues really got bad and they were separated in Goshen. God kept them there and preserved them. And then of course, there was the death of the firstborn and Passover. So the children of Israel left and they got to the point where the army was following them and God performed a miracle and they crossed the sea and the sea fell on the bad dudes the army of Pharaoh drowned them all. The children of Israel saw how God had delivered them. But when they got ready to go into the promised land, there was only Joshua and Caleb who said that they were able to take the promised land. As a result of that, the ones who sinned that day, which had been convinced by 10 spies that they couldn't do it, 
died in the wilderness and their kids are the ones that went into the promised land and Joshua and Caleb actually led them in there. Joshua was, was the lead one, but Caleb was there too. Moses didn't even make it into the promised land. He saw the promised land, but never made it in. So when you start thinking about deliverance, when you start thinking about a lot of things, you need to understand the biblical context of all of this. Because we look around and we see the persecution of Christians worldwide, and they're being slaughtered in a lot of cases. And the nations of men don't care. Nobody does anything at all. And so in America, what do we do? We still allow Muslims to come in here. Muslims have never been fully uh, have never been at all uh, incorporated into any society. Most of the time they try to take society out, and even over in the U.K., they were demonstrating against Christians in the U.K. So make no mistake about it, Islam is not a friend of Christianity, and it's not a friend of any nation. Islam in these end of days is destined to try to take over the world, and that's exactly what they're going to do. There's only one force that is going to stop it and upset that, and that is the Lord. So when we talk about a day of trouble, there's a lot of trouble in the earth. So if you want trouble, then help yourself. Go ahead and be wicked. Go ahead and do these things. Go ahead and say that it's all right to do these abominations, which is in this country. Abominations that our government in America has okayed, has made it law, abominations that is being pushed down the throats of families and young children daily, and it's the same way around the world, not to mention the fact you have blood guilt, and one of the biggest blood guilts on the nations of men, and that's killing of babies. So when we talk about a day of trouble, perplexity, it's time for you to understand. Make sure you know where you stand with the Lord. And Isaiah changes tone a little bit in 22.6. He says, And Elam bear the quiver with chariots of men and horsemen, and Kerr uncovered the shield. The Assyrian army which is the one that uh, came in here, um, consisted of a number of nations. And this is not necessarily um, unheard of. But Tour mentioned Chuzistan, which is uh, it's known as Kuzistan, uh, K-H-U-Z-E-S-A-N, is now... Uh, uh, a province of one of the 31 provinces in Iran. It's uh, part of the uh, the old Persian Empire now, which is what Iran is. And Elam was known for their fierce bowmen. And Kerr were people of the county of the uh, Cyrus River. Um, and of course, some people believe that these were mercenaries fighting for Assyria. And that would not be uh, unheard of because it was a well-known practice to bring other warriors in that would fight alongside of you. Uh, the Roman Empire did that a lot um, and would use them. Uh, 
And of course, all all the early armies would do the same thing. And then in Isaiah twenty two seven, and it shall come to pass that thy choicest valleys shall be full of chariots and horsemen, and the horsemen shall set themselves in array at the gate. And you know this this amounts to the fact that if you're in Jerusalem looking out over the valleys, Megiddo, of course they've got a number of valleys, um, uh, valleys that circle Jerusalem on the east, west, and south. You had the Kidron Valley on the east, the Valley of Gohan on the west, and the Valley of Rephaim on the southwest. And so they set themselves an array against the gates, and that allowed them to encircle Jerusalem. They were in the valleys. They would take up, uh, you know, their um, their point of attack from the valleys. And the valleys, of course, w- would point right at the gates as well, because you had, had gates of Jerusalem on here. Um, now, verses, um, and we're coming to them, 8 through 11 discusses what was done in the time of Hezekiah. Um, and what the lesson that the prophet was getting at is that when we look at surviving in any way, shape, or form, we are not able to survive on our own efforts. There is only one way, and that is through the Lord God, only by his power, only by his ability. America is not going to escape, neither is any other nation on their own. Now, you see, um, today on Twitter, our Twitter feed, for instance, there was a lot of stuff uh, uh and, and it was just full of turmoil today. One of them was the fact there was a bunch of rioting Muslims who were saying that uh, their God is stronger than anybody else's God. Now, of course, when they say Allah, they mean that their God, Allah, is stronger than the Jewish God, Jehovah, or the Christian God, which is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, which is Jehovah, our God and our Father, who has a son by the name of Yahshua, Jesus Christ. And now see, that's what they were rioting today. And, you know, this is normal for them to get worked up. And so as Christians, you know, when we get in churches or get in with ourselves, we praise God and we talk about how great he is. Um, And there are miracles that we can attribute to him that people have witnessed active miracles all the time. Ongoing. These are the kind of things that when we look at them, we see that and are amazed. But the old thing goes, which is harder, to raise someone from from the dead or to heal someone of a cold? 
Which is the easiest to do? They're both done by faith, folks. They're both done by the power of God. It matters little whether you want to raise someone from the dead or you want to be healed of a cold. In the eyes of God, that's the way it is. In the eyes of man, we think, of course, well, definitely, being healed of a cold is easier. That's kind of funny because I know a lot of Christians who try all the time to get healed of colds and they carry them with them all the time. So if we can't, if we can't as, as a people, Christians, believe God, even though healing is in the atonement, walk in a manner and pray in a manner and believe in a manner where we're delivered, how can you raise anybody from the dead? There's a lot of aspects to this. But see, these are the different things. See, you're not going to be able to survive without God. Now, of course, now, we think we will. That is until you're surrounded and you see what God does, because proof is in the book. When God moves either in a manner to deliver people, in a manner to answer prayer, or in a manner of judgment. When he moves, there's no question. And when he said that he's going to surround Jerusalem, that means there's no escape. Period. And if that is any warning to America, when America becomes surrounded, which probably about five years ago, a Jewish prophet told me that God had surrounded America already. Now, you see, this is interesting. Where do you go? Well, if you're surrounded in America and you have Russia to the north, you have China to the south, and you have subs on either side of the, of our uh, coastline, you have Russian subs on the west coast, you have Chinese subs on the other coast, or say vice versa, it'd be easier for the Chinese to get their ships, their subs over here on the west coast, and the Russians easier to get their subs over on the on the East Coast, but either way, as they say, baby, you're screwed, glued and tattooed. There's no way. You see, that's why the lesson is don't mess with God. Don't mess with this God. Don't mess with him. And when Yahshua came, Jesus, he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. That doesn't mean you accept Christ and go out and live like a heathen either. That doesn't mean you can live in a lifestyle that's a total abomination to what his word says and you claim to be Christian. No, that ain't going to work. 
Paul even talked about that to a lot of the people he was warning. And when he went through all the things that you shouldn't be doing, and he says people that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when you're stubborn as a church, you think you're fine. And of course, you're rich and in need of nothing. Even if you have a revival in Tennessee, that doesn't do anything for the abominations going on in all of the abortion clinics. You know, and there's another thing that came across, which was absolutely astounding to me. I don't even know if I can find it. Yeah, here it is. Did you know, for instance, that 37 young kids, these are teenage boys and girls, They're all races, all creeds, all kinds of hair, all kinds of colors of skin. 37 kids in Texas have gone missing in one month. In one month. Where did they go? Well, we have a lot of child rings going on. Epstein, that's what he got in trouble for because he was involved in that. Years ago, there was, I'm trying to think who it was, CIA, a couple of CIA people came out. And there was a video, videos to this. And they were talking about the child sex rings that were going on. And it had to do uh, with uh, some other prominent people and schools. And uh, they were going to, there was a certain group of senators and others. That used these kids for sexual means. Now, see, I'm not saying that. They were saying that. When we look at Jeffrey Epstein and what they say that he did, and then, of course, we see all the recent stuff with the movie stars, and, of course, this other dude that got his butt in trouble, now facing the rest of the life in prison, Weinstein or whatever it is. And then, of course, we have other movie stars that are coming out, young kids who had been molested. I know one in particular. And he was saying he was molested. So what part of holy and righteous are you trying to tell me America is? And it's not like America's the worst. It doesn't mean they're the best either. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that Every nation on earth is going to face this judgment. But see, it doesn't stop the Lord God from sending judgment ahead of time. When the iniquity is full, and I've talked about this, that's when God moves. You better hope the cup isn't full, my friend. If you were in Babylon at the time God moves, he says, Pour out her judgment double for their double, which is four times. 
because they were so filthy. And see, the rest of the world had made money off of Mystery Babylon. They had a good economy in Mystery Babylon. And they were as filthy as you could get, yet everybody traded with them because, baby, if you want money and power and opportunity, you have to deal with the beast. That's what they did. And you can see this coming together in the world today. And it's just people are living like they don't care. I mean, if we really cared... Would we treat each other this way? Give me a break. You know, you have Pelosi in the House that rejoices when things go wrong with President of the United States. Whether she likes him or hating, it shouldn't even matter. The bottom line of it is, if he doesn't do good, it affects all of us. And so now you got Bernie Sanders that's in the lead, and Joe Biden can't even keep a sentence straight. He don't even know what planet he's on half the time. And Bloomberg, he thinks he can just buy everything. See, that's the problem with the billions. They think Trump bought this. But Trump went around telling people what they wanted to hear, and they elected him. That's the way it is. But see, people hate him. People love him. We're divided. Two, that division is part of judgment. Isaiah 22.8, the prophet says, And he discovered the covering of Judah. And thou didst look in that day to the armor of the house of the, house of the forest, the covering of Judah. And the Septuagint renders this the gates of Judah. Well, if you, if you can discover the gates, well, in other words, you can get into it. In other words, the gates aren't going to keep you out. Others believe it was the defenses, ramparts, or fortifications of Judah. Any way you look at it, um, you know, Judah's not going to be safe. Albert Barnes says of this, the invading army exposed Judah every kind of reproach and stripped off everything that was designed to be ornamental in the land. Now, remember, 8 through 11 is what happened in the time of Hezekiah. Now you remember that when Assyria got to the gates of Jerusalem, the army was destroyed. The king survived and went back. He was eventually killed by his own kids in, in the house of Dagon, his god. I think that's what it was, Dagon. But see, the fact that Sennacherib lost, you know, he lost his army and he eventually got killed, didn't Assyria as a power. They just had another one. But there was a series of kings from Assyria. And then, of course, you have uh, the Medo-Persia alliance as well. And they were around during the time of, of the 70 years of, uh, of Judah's captivity. But see, these particular verses, they're talking about this time. And see, he still pillaged and caused a lot of destruction, taking the cities, 
taking everything. And of course, I've talked about this. When, when armies will move like that, that's what they did. You know, they would take the cattle. They would take anything that was uh, precious. They would even take the women. Uh, you know, they would use the men to do various chores or slaughter them. Anybody that fought them, of course, would get killed. So they would just strip and pillage all of the land. Now, a lot of this stuff, when we look forward, this is why exactly that Egypt, you know, and uh, Ethiopia were concerned as well, along with some of the other nations, because we're talking about a major power. But see, although Judah escaped at that time, there's going to come a time when Judah would not escape. So this is this is the difference. And when they were looking at the armor of the house, that is talking about their defenses. And the Septuagint talks about this, saying that it was the choicest houses of the city. Now, the reason that they would do that, um, the well-built ones are the ones that would withstand attacks. And then also... Um, and we'll get to that here. They had to reinforce the walls. And they would take them from houses that maybe they didn't need, and they would use the wood to do that. But Solomon in First Kings uh, 7 and 10, they talk about a vast storehouse, which he had for a munitions of war. It was laid up, and they were still there at the time. And... Uh, and uh, this was in the city, but it was called the house of the forest of Lebanon because the wood was used was cedar um, uh, from the forests of Lebanon. And of course, cedar is really a good wood for a lot of stuff like that, especially outside stuff, because it withstands bugs and pests. It's really good that way. And, you know, if you remember the old cedar chests people would put their stuff in it and uh, that protected them from all manner of bugs and stuff. It's, it's an amazing wood. And then in uh, Isaiah 22, verse nine, he says, you have also seen the breaches of the city of David. And uh, of course the city of David is the Royal uh, city or Jerusalem, because David is the one who actually, defeated Jerusalem and it became his uh, his home and he made it his residence so you have seen also the breach of the city of David that they are many and you uh, gather together the waters of the lower pool now a lot is said when we talk about the lower pools but see the thing of it is is that um, and we know Hezekiah built, uh, uh, rebuilt up a wall and filled the breaches. He also made a canal. And uh, this is an order to get uh, the water into the city, because if you are under siege, you're going to need water for the people. And the other thing you're going to need is food. And for an army that's besieging uh, something, if it's in the summer, you know, the spring, the summer, and the fall, I mean, it's okay. I mean, you can go out and get more food. You have easy access to water. 
but you're surrounded the city and the surrounded the city only has so much food eventually it's going to run out and that's what the the uh, conquering army waits for is waiting for them to open the gates and give up uh, and then they will pillage it uh, and so you know th- this is where you have a problem you know i mean you're surrounded you starve to death there's no water you, you thirst to death so that's why you made an effort to reinforce the breaches if anything was broken down you'd go find other uh houses you would take down the walls you would rebuild you know take down the houses and use the wood to rebuild up the walls uh you could get in some of the finer cities of the uh finer houses of the city and use them to defend the city from because they were very well built they were because they were belonged to the rich of course people that had the money but uh um, the waters of the lower pool, around the lower pool, where the waters gathered, they used canals from the brook Kedron, and they had built a wall around it to cut off the Assyrians from using it. Of course, if you have water, and if you can't get it into the city, Hezekiah did manage to get it into the city, but the problem of it is, is that if you don't do that or can't do that, or if you want to get more water in, you know, what do you do? Well, if the pool is right outside the city, you have to build up walls so you can go get the water and they don't kill you in the process. So these are all things that'd be no different today than if America or some other country was was facing these kind of things, um, you know. So um, the bottom line of it is, is that this whole thing is is important to understand when we talk about judgment and when we especially talk about uh, warfare. Um, I mean, this is... <laughs> This is not good. I mean, even in America, we, uh, you know, we have people that are always talking about a civil war here. Dear God in heaven, you don't want a civil war here. We already had one of those, and it almost destroyed our country. And so the bottom line, again, is that you want to do what you can do, you know, before this happens. So you won't have to worry. You know, I'm right. You and I can be right with the Lord, but if the rest of America is filthy and they're full of abomination, that ain't going to stop the judgment. Not at all. That's why it says to leave, come out of her, get out of her, so you're not a partaker of the judgment. You know, if you've repented and you're serving the Lord, why should you go through judgment for for the sins of of the nation, which when you don't do them, see, that's that that doesn't even make sense. That's why the Lord said, "Come out of her," so you, you you're not a partaker of it. You know, you've confessed your sins, you're walking in Him in a normal manner. Why should you go through the judgment of God because of the sins of the people? You shouldn't get out of it. That's what I say. When this thing comes down, you don't want to be here, folks. I can tell you that. 
But if you look around the world, there's not many places to go. So you have to ask God to make a way for you, to show you. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless your word to those that hear it whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Tower. Don't forget to go by warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. And so are you there? Yes, I am. I was just waiting for well, you to get I, done. Oh, is that what you were doing? I could hear you rumbling around. Yeah. No, you couldn't. I'm not rumbling. You were? I, I heard you. You couldn't sneak up on me because I could hear you. Yeah. Well, anyway, be sure to join us tomorrow for part 12 of Righteous Judgments, Authority Over the Nations on Sound the Shofar, and that will be tomorrow on the 28th day. We have one more day after tomorrow of this month. That's hard to believe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, everybody. We're glad you do. We, we appreciate it. We love you. We pray for you. And we hope that you're doing well. Trust in the Lord and enjoy his blessings. Don't forget to go by our websites, warren-usa, danaglinsmith.com. You can find sure us. To... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, be sure to read those articles by the watchman and pass them on to your friends and relatives. They're very pertinent yes. for this day and age. Amen. So at any rate, we're not always going to be in judgment. We're about done with the judgment on the other one. That was a balance to this one. And we'll we'll get another another study on that. This one here is going to go on for a long time, but it's Isaiah is not just full of judgment. It has a lot of great messianic uh, prophecies to it too. So uh, make no mistake. Yeah, that's exciting. You know, yeah, we have to get through this. This is Isaiah, and this is his message. I'm just glad we weren't in Judah when this took place. <laughs> Me too. So at any rate, we got to go, folks. We'll see you on the other side. Goodbye. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.